0: hi i'm dan and i'm henry this podcast started from hot days doing field work and the conversations that came from it and we're a couple of fucking sweaty nerds all right so today's topic is i wanted to talk about the the biospheres that have come up recently um kind of in preparation for going to mars and talk a little bit about
1: space and some crazy shit that's out there and yeah, space is pretty crazy. <laughs> it is. Yeah, turns out. Uh, so starting off, high seas was a Mars habitat built on Hawaii. It was kind of built up in like a volcano, kind of looks similar to Mars the landscape, and uh, it was a crew dynamics study. So it's studying you know how people interact in extremely small spaces. For a very long amount of time um, I believe it was eight months long. Uh, I had six volunteers and only 1,200 square feet, which is much less than your average house. So I, I'm kind of wondering like who what kind of people are gonna be
0: volunteering for this Are there thousands that want to do it or is it just like three freaks that have no friends and they really need to
1: <laughs> Yeah, you know uh, there's actually like quite a large volunteer list um, put together. And NASA selected some really high-quality candidates, and a lot of these people are people that want to go to Mars in the future if we do end up colonizing it or if we end up traveling to it. Um, but I, I think you got to be at least a little crazy to want to spend eight months in a tiny house with, like, six other people.
0: If nothing else, a little bit obsessed with the thought of
1: going to Mars. Yeah, and, you know, I... I heard one of their accounts, and they said they got extremely limited uh, shower time throughout the whole week, and they got about 10 minutes per week, so they are maybe doing two quick showers the whole week, and so they said they got very used to each other's body odor. <laughs> I could say there's been more, one, more than one time
0: on our drives into the field work over the summer that <laughs> we were smelling pretty ripe from the, the day before. And oh, definitely, yeah. I like the open air that we got, that these people did not get um, yeah, quite as much. I don't know what I'd do without those breezes that we had. So I, I think that in these scenarios, too, these people were calorie-restricted, and they were eating these, like, super nutrient-dense, like, meals that probably tasted pretty garbage, and I kind of wondered yeah. how that, that plays into the
1: morale. Yeah, they were eating those sort of, like, freeze-dried... Add water and reheat, sort of things. Um, their their living situations were pretty primitive. They had compost toilets rather than actual plumbing, um, which uh, they ran into a couple issues along the way with those. And apparently uh, deciding who had to fix those issues was, was a bit of conflict <laughs> for them to overcome. Got to draw straws on who's going to deal with the shitter. Yeah, but day to day they were just doing what you would be doing if you're on Mars. You're doing field work, uh, writing reports, analyzing samples. And if you wanted to leave this tiny, tiny habitat they had, they had to get in full spacesuits or send out a rover um, and pretend that they couldn't breathe the air.
0: <laughs> I kind of wonder if, like, the neighbor's looking over to the next door, you know? <laughs> there's someone running out in the,
1: in the field and you're in a heavy suit dealing with... Yeah, I wonder if they called the cops. They're like, there's a meth lab on the volcano. <laughs> <laughs> They're coming out in these space suits. Something like that. <laughs> so this isn't the first time that, um, a
0: situation like this has happened. Uh, I did kind of some more of my research on something called Biosphere 2, um, which obviously wasn't the first Biosphere to be made, Um, but that came out in the 90s, and this Hawaii experiment was somewhere in the um, recent 2000s, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, yeah. Um, The Biosphere 2 was not um, quite as small, but they were still doing some of that confined environment psychology, um, seeing how people handled it, and in the Biosphere 2, it was kind of like a failure overall. At one point, one of the um, the people who had been on the first mission, they tried to break into this biosphere for some reason. Wow. I don't know, you know, if they wanted to make <laughs> friends with the people that were inside or something and like they that. They must have felt pretty left out. Yeah, but essentially uh, there was some kind of like politicky stuff and someone tried to break into this facility and um, it kind of became this hard thing more mentally than the rest of the... Um, kind of challenges that you'd run into i think if you did go to mars
1: yeah i think biosphere was interesting just how they were trying to recreate ecosystems and get natural gas cycling so from the carbon dioxide that they're breathing they were trying to get oxygen produced by the plants they were trying to grow their own food in there um, they're trying to have the water kind of filtered by natural plants and systems like that um, but Ended up running into some problems along the way. Definitely some problems, but also like some major successes
0: as well. Um, I think that when it was at its most productive, it was said that it was like more than five times more productive than the some of the most efficient like ag field production communities and like wow. in the world. So I mean, they had some. Obviously, they took a lot of time to set this biosphere up, but you know maybe. I wonder if it would work on a larger scale that you could use some of those techniques that they use to, to kind of get some of that cycling going and stuff like that.
1: Right, right. I can only imagine in either of these scenarios, though, just being trapped in a small space with people. I don't consider myself a very claustrophobic person, but I think if I had to spend that much time with the same people, I'm sure I'd start to feel pretty cramped. I just know, like, I spent enough time in my young life with my parents,
0: and my parents started telling the same jokes and stuff like that. And I, (laughs) like, you can't just wake up and say something new every morning, you know? Like, yeah,
1: yeah. There's, if there's no input from the outside world, I'm sure everything got kind of stale. I'm sure that these people are some scientific minded people, and hopefully they found some
0: interest in their day-to-day research. Yeah, definitely hippies. Maybe <laughs> scientific-minded. Maybe scientific-minded. <laughs> so, um, some other stuff that's going on in the kind of Mars world. Uh, obviously, SpaceX is a company that's really interested in going to Mars. Um, There's something exceeding like $28 billion in like revenue from other people inputting into this, um, want to go to Mars. Um, the CEO or former CEO? Did he step down at this point or something? You know, like that? I'm not There's some kind totally of totally sure. I know he's still
1: very involved with the company, but um, and that might have been in Tesla because he was yeah. tweeting about the funding secured for Tesla. So I would imagine he's still CEO of SpaceX. Sure,
0: but Elon Elon Musk he wants he wants a million people on Mars by twenty. Like 20- Fifty or something like that, um, because he wants to avoid World War Three. is his, is one of his, his reasons. Is that if World War Three happens, then you know we got a million people out on Mars and they can go figure out their own. And they can new slowly world. die on a planet <laughs> yeah. that wasn't made to support exactly. them. Exactly, <laughs> everybody can go crazy telling the same fucking jokes and <laughs> yeah. deal with that, right?
1: Yeah. Oh man, I can only imagine the people living on Earth and how they'd like regard the people if there was a big enough colony living on Mars. I feel like there'd kind of be a rival- rivalry like there is between countries or sports teams and things like that.
0: It's like a college frat, you know, you know. The the Mar- the Martians <laughs> at this point are they're the elite crew. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Martians looking down on us, get
1: to talk all the smack they want. Yeah, I think it's a pretty crazy idea sending people to Mars. I think it's inevitable if we're gonna continue advancing technologically. But I'm definitely not signing up to be the first person <laughs> to die on Mars. So,
0: uh, so actually, when I was uh, 17 or something like that, there was there was a period of like six months or something that you could sign up to be a potential candidate for going to Mars and like. I made this big deal out of it because I, I didn't have my own computer at this whole point. And I I snuck onto my mom's computer, and I and I went, and I signed up because I'm like, hmm, I think going to Mars would be pretty cool. At that point in time, I thought that it would be a good idea. That's before I learned about all this kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, so I snuck onto my <laughs> yeah, mom's well, computer. Yeah, well, it's, it's kind of like
1: the draft. They're going to knock on your door one day and be like, all right, Dan, it's time to go. You're kind of our guinea pig, They've but... Got- uh, Hopefully you live, you probably won't.
0: Yeah, once the first hundred thousand go, then they're just gonna go to my electronic signature and say that I'm legally obliged <laughs> yeah. to they're gonna pluck me out of my my sweet life and send me on to Mars.
1: That's right. in other space news. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is uh, something cool that I came across and I read something about it a while ago. It kind of came back up when I was looking at things to talk about for this podcast. Um, But in concept, this is only conceptual, but uh, NASA and other countries are thinking about building a space elevator to get to space or to transport materials to space to help us kind of expand off the planet. Um, And so that would be the space elevator, as they're talking about it, would be this thick cable extending from our Earth's surface into or beyond actually orbit Um, and it would create the center of mass at orbit itself so that there's not like a lot of weight on the base of it like you would have with a traditional building and so the current plan that I saw kind of talked about there is a NASA um, summit on it and obviously we're quite a ways away from this but it would be fifty kilometers tall, with a counterbalance at the top to kind of keep it moving outwards. And they were thinking about moving in an asteroid to kind of <laughs> be that counterbalance, so they don't grab have to an transport it from up. space. Yeah, if you just grab one and you hold onto it tight, so you don't drop it on the planet, <laughs> then you're you're probably good. Um, that would but.
0: probably be an out there pitch that someone would have
1: to to give in NASA.
0: Okay, hear me out. We just grab an asteroid from space.
1: Yeah, and I, uh, I decided when they're talking about it being 50 kilometers tall to look up the tallest building in the world and convert its height to kilometers. And the tallest building in the world is in Dubai. It's I'm totally going to butcher this name, Burj Khalifa. And it is 0.83 kilometers. So we got quite a ways to go. <laughs> so what is it going to be made out of? Any idea? Yeah, yeah. So what they're talking about right now, which is not a fully developed technology, is carbon nanotube. And so have you heard of graphene before? Maybe. maybe <laughs> I might have heard the term. You might, might have, have, have seen read it before. in like a Facebook video a while ago or something. But um, graphene is... It's created, it was first created by just rubbing pencil lead on a piece of paper and kind of taking a piece of tape and you get what is essentially a single layer of atoms. And it's actually extremely strong and um, extremely lightweight because it's just a single layer of atoms. Um, and so carbon nanotubes are graphene sheets, which different companies have been popping up trying to manufacture these sheets on large scales. Running into some problems, but advancing the size of what they're able to make. In a nanotube is a graphene sheet rolled into a tube, and it would be 117 times stronger than steel, and with only a width of one fifty thousandths of a human hair. So these things are tiny because they're just they're just made up by atoms, and uh, so these are just carbon atoms all connected, and. Uh, I, I don't know. I think it's pretty crazy. And right now, um, the, the cost to manufacture would probably be extremely high. But sure. can technology... just rub a bunch of pencils on the, on the ground and <laughs> hope that you're going to have yeah, a giant tower at this point. They the school kids of our nation to work <laughs> at creating the, the next uh, space elevator. Exactly. Yeah, yeah that would be a great way. Um, but Japan is actually going to be testing on a very, very small scale a space elevator in space to see how it works in the zero gravity and it's really just a tiny little box moving between two mini satellites on a 10 meter cable just to see See whether or not yeah and see how the physics of it work in that zero gravity. I think that's an interesting idea I kind of wonder like who's gonna
0: have access to this like i don't know if i want trump to be able to send shit out to
1: space right now or yeah something i wonder like if we just start sending all of our trash up yeah. there or something but uh it's really important because right now it is extremely expensive to send anything to space um it it costs per each pound it's it's like tens of thousands of dollars and this would drop the price down to like a dollar per pound um, just in fuel costs, obviously. Sure. The tower itself would be very expensive. Maintenance to build. and stuff of that. Yeah. Graphene but would be interesting. I think it's a cool idea to think about because you could have, like, sort of dock for spaceships to come in, and then people in their supplies could come up this elevator and get into the spaceships. In that way, the spaceships never have to expend the, the fuel of getting out and. Um, in and out of the orbit itself so this kind of like begs the bigger question like is the human race gonna
0: shoot off into space someday or is like if we get rid of some of the people is it gonna is we're gonna have a always gonna have earth as a home base and go to other planets and stuff it seems like there's a lot of input into these kind of technology things going into space and that's cool and all but you know is that do you think that we're gonna be
1: on mars and say our lifetime? I think that we, in our lifetime, it might be a stretch that we're going to be on Mars. I really don't understand how fast technology is moving and with NASA not having a whole lot of funding right now, I don't see too much happening from them. Possibly SpaceX, but they're really just kind of looking at commercial flights to space in the majority. But I think even if we did get to Mars and we were successful on creating a colony there, I think we're going to realize really quick that it's a lot easier to make a life on Earth as long as we haven't destroyed it yet. Uh and I think people would still use Earth as a home base and a kind of center of operations more often.
0: Could make it the new Australia and just you know send all our delinquents out to Mars and <laughs> see
1: how they do and you know. that'd be a great idea. <laughs> Low cost. Exactly. Yeah. It's only a dollar um, a pound, you know. Yeah, I wonder if those delinquents have to have signed up for the uh, initiative to be sent. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I hope you don't have, break any they're, laws, they're, there's a couple. There's a couple of caveats. They had to be 17 and on their mom's computer logging in and trying <laughs> to, to sign up to go to Mars. That's legally binding, I hope <laughs> <you> not. <laughs> as a minor as well. I got my mom's fake signature on there, too. Huh, that's good. You ever tell your parents about that? It's a secret to this day, but, you know, if I ever get a knock on the door, I'm going to deny, deny, deny. Deny it all. (laughs) Never happened. This audio recording will be totally wiped by that
1: point. That's right, if it ever even makes it on air. Exactly.
0: (laughs) Um, So I guess I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the conspiracy theories around Mars. I'd never really heard any at this point, but, uh, you know, I got deep on the Internet and they started popping up or whatever. Um, one guy was on a, a talk show, and his name is Robert David Steele, um, and he theorized, and I looked up, and there's a couple articles about it. Some people believe that um, children, like orphan children these days, um, if they don't have anywhere to go within X amount of years, get plucked from the orphanage, and they get sent on a 20-year ride. I don't know where they're going on that 20-year ride. I don't think it takes quite 20 years to go to Mars. Um, but they they get there and they're you know, 20 plus years old, um, and then they're pretty much a slaves to a Mars colony that's already out there. So, so they're, they're just... saying it's already established. <laughs> exactly, and using yeah. Orphan slave it's, labor. It's not it's not the delinquents that are getting sent. It's The orphans you got too you know too many of them and just send them off into Mars and then essentially they're stuck there. So then they have to to colonize and and. And do well after that. So I bet this guy is just up to his ears in evidence. Exactly. He's got lots. Uh, he he. Part of his um, evidence was saying that you know, that clearly NASA doesn't want us looking into what's happening. Every time that probes go over Mars, they turn them off so we can't see them. Mars rovers have broken down, allegedly. No.
1: The colony's <laughs> taking care not. of those. You don't want to see the thousands of crying children. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. You know. Oh, I sure. guess Plank young adults, yeah. Young blank adults zones. Yeah. just mining away with oversized pickaxes <laughs> and tears streaming down their face. Exactly. <laughs>
0: Figuring out who's taking care of the compost toilet is, you know, obviously <laughs> probably a tough thing for them to deal with. I'm sure um yeah so i guess there's one other theory that i saw about mars and i i showed you a picture of it earlier you guys can look it up if you if you haven't seen it before but uh a guy named richard hoagland went um and he said that that mars uh has a face on it and that there's an alien civilization that colonized mars in the past and they made this face as kind of evidence to us. They wanted to show us that there was a civilization on Mars. And, you know, the the Martians believe that at some point we're going to... We got good enough telescope technology that we're going to see the face and we're supposed to go there and meet up with them. So, um, Richard, I hope that, you know, you make it out there and you get to see those those Martians someday. I hope he soon. signed up to go to Mars. Exactly, yeah. He, he definitely was... He'll on, be on, on the same side. ship as you, Dan. <laughs> I get to... <laughs> pick his brain about what this face is I i can you know if you're looking up the picture if you're seeing it right now it's it's kind of, you can kind of see a face on there
1: yeah i i don't know when i look at that it kind of looks like a face from the planet of the apes to me so i'm wondering <laughs> if we used to live on mars and monkeys became too intelligent took over and we had to leave and we came to earth fill in the missing gap in the old uh evolution scale right yeah, yeah. there's that that giant gap where we were on mars for a while and then now we're here well i hate to say it, dan but i think i have some serious beliefs that will discredit both of these conspiracy theorists <laughs> uh obviously the earth is flat in space doesn't really exist outside of the ice wall Um, it's just empty. And, uh, and so none of these things could ever have happened.
0: So I was in class the other day and I found out that the flat earth theory, like, wasn't ever a widely accepted theory. I don't know why that's, like, everyone's perception of it, that, like, for a long time everyone thought the earth was flat and then all of a sudden it was round. It turns out that people, like, the majority of the, like, regular people either never thought too hard about it or... Didn't necessarily believe that the world was flat, but they didn't know exactly what it was. Um, it wasn't like this big time discovery when we went around the world and we found out it. It was round. It wasn't ever a widely accepted term. Yeah, um, that's interesting. Also, it's like a popular thing to be a flat earther now. I think a basketball player, Kyrie Irving, he believes
1: that. Yeah, or he um, allegedly believes it. It's I think B.O.B., there's, like, a rapper <laughs> out there who's super committed to Flat Earth. I might be wrong about it being B.O.B., but I think it's B.O.B. <laughs> well, B.O.B. is not... Maybe that's
0: just a call to get back some legitimacy <laughs> in, the, in the world or just like a yeah. cry
1: for attention or something right. like that. Right. Do you know... Did you ever hear the story about the Flat Earther who twice built a rocket and shot himself up into the sky trying to be able to see if the earth was actually flat or not and see the ice wall and everything
0: what did what he get to what was his
1: well he i think he was in the desert of new mexico or somewhere out west and uh he shot himself off in both times he only really reached the the height of like an airliner (laughs) and i'm just surprised he didn't die uh, yeah, he made it
0: through both, you know. That's yeah, a great, yeah, the
1: the rocket ship had parachutes that deployed. I think but, it would be a little
0: simpler just to go on Google Earth
1: or something like that to find out. But, or, yeah, but that's just a government conspiracy, <laughs> Dan. You should know that by now. Hop on an airplane or something, but I guess, yeah. you know. You know, I kind of think those Flat Earthers are the type of people that just really want to believe in the Matrix because it's such a cool idea to them, like, sort of people that want to think that the government's lying to us about some grand conspiracy because that's like an exciting entertaining concept to them um sure i mean you hear that and i'd be pretty sweet if there was a fat
0: ice wall on the side of the earth and you know we were all wrong and stuff i would love to be the one to prove that i don't know if i'm gonna shoot myself up in a rocket anytime soon but you know if i can do that then i guess that that'd be be pretty cool well, if you do, let me know because I'd love to watch. <laughs> Best of luck to B. O. B. and Kyrie Irving with the <laughs> with the proof there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Upstanding citizens for sure. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, I guess that's our podcast on space, ending on a interesting note. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening today, and you know. Stay fucking sweaty. Stay sweaty. All right. <laughs>